Welcome to the Doctors for the Environment Australia podcast, a podcast about planetary health and what's been going on in DEA. Uh, we would like to acknowledge the First Nations people on which we record this podcast and pay our deep respects to elders past, present and to come. Our podcast is recorded all over Australia and we invite our listeners to reflect on the land that they live and the special places that they value. There can be no climate justice without justice for First Nations people. Welcome, my name is Kaya. I am an emergency registrar based in Mbantua, Alice Springs in the NT, and I have Karen with me. Hi, I'm a public health registrar on Ngunnawal land um, here in Canberra. And tonight we have Dr. Laura Beaton and Grace Simpson with us. I might throw it over to them to introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Laura Beaton. I'm a GP in Melbourne. I live and work on Wurundjeri land um, and I also teach at the Melbourne Medical School. Hi everyone, so I'm Grace. I'm uh, calling in today from the land of the Boon Wurrung people um, and I normally work on Wurundjeri land. Um, I'm at the University of Melbourne and Epworth Hospital and I'm a final year medical student at the University of Melbourne. Great, thanks so much for joining us tonight. So we've invited you on the podcast to talk about an amazing project called the Medical Curriculum Mapping Project, activity that's been going on over a few years, um, and we're super keen to hear about it. So maybe just, it's a lot of words, um, explain to the listeners um, what it is. Yeah, we'll kind of break it down. I feel like um, medical is pretty self-explanatory, but when we talk about curriculum mapping, um, so we're talking about in uh, education, what we want to teach to our students um, and the mapping part of that um, has nothing to do with geography. Um, it's all about um, how we're going to integrate certain learning into a structured course already. So we're mapping um, sustainable health um, to the outcomes that we want our students to be able to learn. So that's where the mapping comes in there. Yeah, the uh, project, I guess, is a process as well as an output. Tonight we'll talk not just about the process, but also about the output, which is a curriculum resource. And this is a map where climate change and health, as well as health co-benefits and sustainable health care, have been mapped into the organ systems of first-year medical teaching. That sounds awesome. I'm so excited about this. Could you give us an example of how it's used in medical teaching? For example, um, you just mentioned how it sort of ties in with body systems yeah so I think that's one of the key things um, that we wanted to do with this course because when you're talking about um, planetary health um, to first year medical students normally you get a bit of a confused look to begin with um, at, at how climate change um, impacts health and so by making it relate to the body system something that they're already learning about um, you can make it really relevant for them and you can kind of tie it in together that, you know, every time they're thinking about the heart, they might also think about, you know, how heat waves might affect that patient. And um, you, you just make it very relevant and a way that they can practically see the knowledge. So one of the ways that we've used the map uh, so far was, I guess, on the very first year that it was published, it was actually towards the end of the year, and we were looking at um, some time when the first year medical students were actually revising all of their clinical presentations that they'd gone through in their case supported learning over the year. And it was leading up to exams. And as part of revising some of the acute cases they saw earlier in the year, there was a case um, on asthma and there was a case on ischemic heart disease. We actually 
actually were able to revise those clinical cases in a new context, in a context where um, a heat wave and nearby bushfires were actually one of the precipitating factors for representations of acute um, conditions. And so we could basically tie in really big concepts into some really practical clinical learning, even for first year students. And as someone who um, is involved in coming up with medical education and looking at curriculum redesign, sometimes um, in a really busy curriculum, you think, where am I going to put this? And what this map has been really helpful for is that you can basically, all right, what am I teaching? What system am I looking at? Cross-referencing, okay, here's a clinical teaching point I can put in here because we don't have time to put in many more hours of lectures, but threading in those points actually has been I think really well received by the students, but also as an educator, also really, it makes it really easy to deliver the teaching as well. So I think, Laura, you're talking about some slides that I've seen. So there's like a slide deck that has the different body systems. So say you're a cardiologist, you can get given the cardiology slides and pick and choose what you think will be most relevant to your teaching that day to make it easier. Yeah, so the whole the whole map is like a really long PDF and divided into mm. organ systems. We've actually developed from the resource a slide deck, which we're actually mostly using in pre-vocational teaching. Um, so hopefully we'll get to come back and talk a little bit more about what we're doing in that space. So the um, slide deck can be used by clinical teachers at medical student level. Most of the users of that deck actually right now are at the pre-vocational level for JMO and HMO teaching. I think that just coming back to the example that Laura spoke about with the Kate-supported learning um, and talking about respiratory conditions um, and cardiovascular conditions, um, and even in the slide deck as well, what's really great about it um, from the student perspective is that it's very um, science-based. Like this is all stuff that's been really heavily researched. And I think often when you're talking to students about planetary health concepts and sustainable health care, it can all seem a little bit airy-fairy. Um, And we really, with this resource, wanted to make it very clear to students that it's not like that. Um, You know, we're talking about how when you're dehydrated, that'll affect like clotting factors and that can cause heart attacks. Like it's really processed stuff students like digesting when they're talking uh, in those first couple of years a lot about the science behind this. Um, And I thought tying that into that first year of learning um, would make a lot of sense for students. Cool. Yeah. I wish that this was available and underway when I was a medical student. I would have loved to have more of this in my curriculum. Um, who initiated the idea of the mapping project? I mean, I might respond to that because I guess I think your sentiments are exactly right. I think we've all felt this. I think I felt this when mm-hmm. I was a medical student as well. And I think it's not that our educators haven't cared and haven't thought that it's important, but there's lots of barriers for kind of integration. And so I guess um, this is work that's been going on at lots of different medical schools, all levels of medical education, not just in Australia, but around the world. And I think there's been slowly momentum that's been building and we've been learning from each other and people have been publishing case examples of what they've been doing. And big groups have gone together to come up with what are the consensus statements for what we should have should aim for. And so probably actually the student leadership in this project has been really important. Um, And so Grace, I might hand over to you to sort of talk through how the students have really driven this, starting even off at the medical school student conference. 
That's uh, thank you. That's very modest of yourself, Laura, to hand over to me. As when Laura was a student, she was the student deriving this project. So if you want to know where it began, it's been happening with students for a very long time. Yeah, I remember I first got involved in my first year, and there were already students at the University of Melbourne working on this. And as Laura said, what was really great was that I was hearing from them how they were collaborating with students overseas who'd been working on this. I know we were talking to students at Yale who'd been doing this for a while, and so that community. Um, really wanting to push this forward in education has been there for a long time. What's really important from the student perspective is that we're the ones going through the course. And so when we see something that we think is really important, obviously everyone listening to this probably agrees the climate crisis meets that criteria. We want to know why we maybe haven't been taught about it previously and we see it as an opportunity um, for it to be added into the curriculum. So uh, from the student perspective, uh, there are already sort of learning objectives um, at a lot of universities talking about the sustainable healthcare. And from our perspective, in a really busy curriculum, we hadn't really noticed where we were getting that. So we were like, okay, how can we fill this gap? And we started um, connecting with academics such as Laura, who now um, works at the university. So students and faculty together could approach um, the change makers within the uni, um, people who actually have some control over the curriculum and help try to provide them with some solutions and work through it together. I'll just speak, I'll speak briefly to a little bit of our methodology. And I guess I'll say this just for a bit of context, because one of the outcomes of this pr- process is that so that not everyone has to go through this methodology again, because basically medical teaching is done in the organ systems. Almost universally, there will be, you know, cardiovascular, respiratory, endocrine teaching. And so the mapping's kind of been done. Um, That process was, this has been a really huge group effort. So more than 26 students across a whole, all years of the medical school and MPH students with basically faculty sort of supervision mapped all of the organ systems to basically three models of basically health teaching. One, organ systems block. Two, um, the determinants of health, both from systemic, social, individual, biophysiological, and sort of health status ones. And then across to the WHO's consequences of climate change. And we also mapped some health co-benefits and healthcare's environmental footprint. And I guess that process was really systematic um, and went through multiple rounds of synthesis and then expert review. And so the map is kind of there and able to be used for anybody. And I think what would be really interesting for your listeners is that if you are interested in doing this at your own university, how that kind of process works for bringing the map maybe to the change makers or to your medical education department, and how you can kind of use student leadership at your university to identify some opportunities for integration into your curriculum. Grace, do you want to talk about what it's like, you know, going to the medical school, talking about these things? It's incredibly intimidating, um, but also... (laughs) think really empowering um, because it uh, reminds you that these people do care what you actually think and you know it doesn't matter if you're like the the smallest cog down the bottom somewhere Um, if they're ready to listen to what you have to say I think you can make a lot of positive change and particularly as a group of students we hold more power together that being said, um, it's not like when we went and actually had discussions with, um, like, say, the dean, for example, 
um, they were actually really intimidating once we got there. I think it's just a big barrier for students to kind of make that jump to actually ask for a meeting in the first place. Um, so I'd really encourage people to do it because they do really care what you have to say. And a lot of what we're doing with DEA students now is basically working with student leaders at universities around Australia for implementing this at their own medical school, um, teaching them what we've learned about this process and hearing from them what's worked well at their university um, and doing a bit of feedback there and kind of supporting each other because everybody believes this is really important and each um, curriculum is a little bit different. And so it's really great that the students who have the local knowledge of what they're being taught are the ones really showing that voice and enthusiasm, but that they're also backed up by faculty champions who are happy to say, yep, we're here. This is our job. Let's work with you. Interesting. So some of us, like, I'm not familiar really with how medical curriculums do develop so what you're suggesting is students go to potentially the dean or someone else in the medical school um, tell them about this map and how it could potentially be used and so then how does it actually get integrated into what medical students are being taught every school will be a little bit different but um, almost universally um, medical schools will have cycles by which um, there will be major changes in the curriculum structure and that might happen honestly, on maybe like an eight or 10 yearly cycle. And then every, (laughs) and then every year, um, uh, based on feedback from assessment, um, and from feedback from specific students and from the educators, little tweaks get made from sort of year to year, but big shifts only really happen very rarely. And so um, this is a long process is also what I'm going to say. And so there are times when change happens, like, say, for example, the accreditation standards for the AMC change. So these are basically the standards that um, are set by the Australian Medical Council that have to be achieved to have a medical degree accredited. Um, medical schools have to reach that. So um, if there are changes in the AMC standards, um, which watch this space, um, there's some interesting changes in the pre-vocational standards coming out probably pretty soon. Um, and the current AMC standards are under review. Um, that's an opportunity for medical students to come with supportive faculty to their medical education departments, to their deans to say, this is coming. It's really important. We know it's hard here's a way that actually we can help you and work with you to integrate it in a meaningful way that's been done elsewhere. And we'd like to be part of the conversation. But that change might actually happen much more slowly than the life cycle of one or two students. Um, And so that's why being pretty patient and getting little wins and upskilling yourselves in leadership and advocacy and your own medical education skills is actually a bit of a win of the process, even if the mm. sort of the change that happens, the curriculum actually doesn't happen for what seems like a lifetime. It's the little steps along the way that's also really important as well. What's the kind of toolkit that the teams produce for other um, schools or other students who are interested in taking this on? Yeah, so I suppose the the main part of that toolkit would be the actual resource. Um, so you've got the long form version, which I think is what 90 pages or something, which looks a bit overwhelming when you come to it. But what I want to reassure people about it is it has a bunch of summary tables that we worked hard to put at the front of the foot just to um, make it really easy. And basically, I want you to think of the, res- the resource more like a thesaurus, like you're not going to read it back to front. It's like you open it up and you're having a lecture on cardiovascular, right, the cardiovascular system, and you can flip to your cardiovascular chapter and you can go, oh, I want to talk about heat waves. And you go to the little heat waves bit and there's 
the current data on that, okay, and the current evidence. So you have the actual curriculum resource, which is really good for referring to. Um, and then in terms of other things that we're able to provide with students, um, we've got the uh, slides that we've put together, like one summary slide for each body system, which I think is really easy to actually give to lecturers um, individually. And they can just pop that on the end of their slides if they wanted to talk about it throughout the year, because um, it's really important to actually have that uh, consolidation of this topic come regularly, not just, you know, having one sustainability lecture at some stage. Um, so we've got that as well for them. Um, I think Laura has also been putting together a few other resources for them with the National Student Committee. Yeah. Um, so some of those are resources and a bit of training in what sounds like a really intimidating ask at a meeting, meeting with your dean. Um, so mm -hmm. I spend a bit of time um, with uh, the National Student Committee and leaders from all of the universities across Australia, um, backed up by other people who are part of this mapping project as well, to basically provide peer support, share our learnings, and also learn from them what they've done at their university that might have worked. So we're kind of a mutually self-supporting little community, and that uh, kind of spirals out as well to other educators who are working in different um, spaces. So really, the resource, but also DEA itself as a group of supportive colleagues is, I guess, the other thing that we offer. Awesome. I think we've been going for about 20 minutes now, and I would really love to hear how it's been used so far or how people are starting to pick it up and implement it. Yeah, so obviously it's been very exciting that we've been able to put it into our case-supported learning. Um, other ways it's being used would be individual lectures as well, which, as I said, could be helpful, but it's more um, separated from the course in that sort of form. So what we'd really like to see is more of an integration, but we are getting some of those separate sort of lectures, which is great. What's really exciting, though, um, and we've been talking about medical education a lot within, like, you know, postgraduate or undergraduate education, but what's exciting is that we're also talking to junior doctors as well, um, and how we might be able to put this resource into teaching for interns and teaching for registrars as well. So um, we've had a bit of interest from a few medical colleges. Um, so it's not something that we want to just be something you might explore in your um, medical degree. We want this to be something that you explore in your medical degree and then you consolidate throughout your practice um, so that you can take it from merely a, a theoretical thing um, to something you can actually apply when you're looking at your patients. Yep. Awesome. And Kaya, I think, you know, progress, progress is slow. Um, and so we're having the map now published um, and also um, keep your eye out for some upcoming issues of the MJA. We've got a perspective on our process that will be coming out later on. Um, and so it's really been a bit of a springboard to gather people together for support to do this at their own university and to look at the opportunities within our current cycle at our university of the next review, the, like the current review of the medical curriculum, what are the opportunities, not just at this year, but mapping it out for a second year, a third year, fourth year, and then tying that into, as Grace said, what are the standards for what they're expected to then know at the end for when they start their JMO teaching so that JMO teaching can take them from there to the next level. Mm -hmm. So it's um, the process is ongoing. Yeah. Awesome. And I think you've been quite modest because it's an extremely impressive body of work that's come out and multiple publications. And it's just incredible to see what you've been able to put together. 
Absolutely. Thank Thanks. you. It's very um, kind. Thank you. That's very kind. And I guess I will say that, um, you know, Grace and I here are the kind of the, the voices of the kind of authorship team of the map. So Hayden Birch, Ben Watson, uh, Grace here, myself, Jenny Maxwell and Ken Winkle are kind of the authors of the formal document, but mm. there's been more than, I think, 26 medical students across the mapping itself um, at the student workshops at the student conference. Um, Grace, do you have in front of you how many students were there? We've had more than 10 DEA clinician doctors um, reviewing these. Um, we've had feedback from many medical educators along the way. We've had design support as well to make the really great infographics and the really great mechanisms for the map. So it, it's been a really big team effort. And it shows. It's really good. Absolutely. Um, for listeners who would like to approach their dean or start looking at how they can incorporate this and I know for myself in emergency as a registrar we do basically weekly teaching and we frequently have to come and bring our own topics to it um how can someone like me or a medical student access the um curriculum mapping information um, so excitingly, we've got the curriculum document now up on the DEA website. So that's accessible for everybody. Um, normally there's a link to it on the front page, which is quite exciting. Um, so you're more than welcome to access that resource. But then if you'd like to get help, as we said, from our community, support you in going to contact your dean, et cetera, um, I really encourage you to get in, in touch with us. Um, we've got uh, the email to Hayden, the lead author, um, actually on the curriculum resource. Um, yeah, and it, we'd, we'd love it if you'd like to reach out. I was just going to say, um, if you're a medical educator, yeah, please use the resource cross-reference for whatever body system you're teaching and put a little clinical pearl in there. Um, and it's if we can put a link in the show notes, that would be awesome. And I guess if you're not a DEA member um, but teach, um, please you know become a member of DEA. If you're passionate in this area, we've actually got a really great medical education subcommittee going as well, and we're all basically supporting each other. You're not alone in wanting to put more planetary health into your clinical teaching and this is basically the brain's trust of um, how you can do it and you might have stuff you probably do have stuff that we can learn from you as well as as much as we're talking about how to change the system um, and change curricula for example um, there's no reason you can't pick up this resource and decide to teach yourself and teach your colleagues because I think all of this starts with a conversation. Um, so, yeah, run your own grand round. Take it along to your emergency medical training. That's how you get the conversation happening. Fabulous. Thank you so much, guys. We will include uh, the resource as a link in the show notes. And as always, you can find all of DEA's resources on the website, which is www.dea.org.au.